0: First of all, I appreciate you, Don Jenkins. I suggested that he wear his uniform, and the man did. <laughs> but half of 1%. Wow. Astonishing. We have a room full of military folks here, so that's, we're well over the average here, and that's good. And I appreciate our, our servicemen, I really do, and the wounded warrior thing. I mean... My goodness, you can't find a better cause than that, I don't think. But we're in Numbers 22 this morning. Uh, We started our study of Balaam last week. And uh, to really study Balaam, you need to look at some of the references about him in the New Testament. Peter has something to say about Balaam. Peter is... uh, a gracious man, when he writes his epistles, Peter had experienced God's forgiveness, and it had an impact on his life. And he began to look at things once Jesus was risen, and he began to look at things in a different light, and we see uh, a real maturity in Peter that I appreciate. And he writes about Balaam, and he writes about uh, Abraham's nephew, Lot. In Second Peter two seven, we read and and delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Wow, and not many of us look at Lot as being righteous. You know, he was the nephew of Abraham who seemed to want the better deal in everything, uh, chose to live in Sodom and all these kind of things. And but. Uh, Peter sees Lot as righteous. And then Peter, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, he also writes about Balaam. And for us, when I look at Lot and Balaam, you know, two peas in a pod. Who can separate them, you know? (laughs) But Peter has good things to say about Lot, but listen to what he says about Balaam. Balaam. same chapter, chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity, a dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice, restrained the madness of the prophet. Wow. <laughs> you know, Peter comes down. On Balaam, Lot was oppressed by the wickedness. Balaam is a madman, loving the fruits of unrighteousness. But, you know, when we look back, they appear to be similar. And aren't we glad that God sees the heart? Lot and Balaam, they're examples of really how we cannot judge But we have to leave that to God for he sees the heart of a man. And every heart is open and exposed to our Lord. So as we read our text in Numbers 22, which we're about to get into, we see the displeasure of Jesus, the angel of the Lord, towards Balaam. And it just seems to jump out at us. So let's jump into Numbers 22, We'll look at verses 22 through 35. Then God's anger was aroused because he went and the angel of the Lord took his stand in his way as the adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and two servants were with him, speaking of Balaam. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey and turned her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyard, with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me, I wish there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you, that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. What a story. <laughs> you only get to do Balaam's donkey one time, you know. So hopefully I'll do it justice. Verse 22. God's anger is aroused towards Balaam. Why is God mad at Balaam? Because he went with The princes of Moab. He went with them. He chose to go. God cares. And there's a lesson here. God cares whether if you're young or old. He cares who you hang out with. He cares who you choose to associate with. Who you do business with. Who you pick and choose as friends. God cares. And God was looking for better things out of Balaam. Then Balaam gives. Back in verse 12, God said to Balaam, he declared to Balaam, you shall not go with Balak." Verse 20, God says, you can go, but only give the words I tell you. God has not changed his mind towards Balaam. I believe this is simply a heart check for Balaam. And Balaam fails that heart check miserably. We know that Jesus is full of grace and mercy, and he tells Balaam, well, I guess it's okay if you go. No, not for a minute. God has not changed his mind. In fact, God's anger is aroused towards Balaam, and Jesus, the angel of the Lord there, becomes Balaam's, and check the word, Adversary, his opponent. We don't hear the word adversary used much in Scripture except when it refers to Satan being a Christian's adversary. And it's not unusual for us to read where Jesus, the adversary of unrighteousness, And wicked Balaam. He is opposed to Balaam. Now, we only have a few examples in Scripture where Jesus takes that role of adversary against a person, in this case Balaam. But he did take that position against the scribes and the Pharisees because Jesus seemed to never have anything good to say about them. He only had harsh words towards them. On one occasion, you remember, Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. That's not a term of endearment, you know. He also called King Herod, he called him a fox. And here again, this is not a good thing to be called, a fox. But Balaam, he heads off to Moab, and he's got his two servants with him. And we read how the donkey's eyes are opened To Jesus, who stands and blocks the path of the donkey. Blocks the path of Balaam. And Jesus is not just standing there. He's got a drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey, seeing this, turns aside out into the field. Balaam strikes the donkey, turning her back onto the road. Jesus moves up the road, finds a narrow spot, a wall on the left and a wall on the right. And the donkey pushes up against one of the walls, crushing Balaam's foot. So Balaam strikes the donkey again. And then Jesus finds a place where the donkey cannot turn either to the left or the right. So the donkey simply lays down and will not go any further. Balaam gets angry. He's mad. And he strikes the donkey for the third time. Balaam is so angry, he loses his mind momentarily. Peter said in his uh, epistle that Balaam was a madman. His madness comes forth. Balaam... Now, remember, it says he had two servants that are with him. They're traveling along. They're traveling companions. You have to wonder what's going through these servants' mind as Balaam argues with the donkey. Madness. Verse 28, And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and he asked Balaam, Why have you struck me these three times? And Balaam's anger is so hot that he does not marvel that a donkey is talking to him. The donkey asks him, why are you beating me? Balaam says, be glad I don't have a sword, because if I had a sword, I'd kill you. Let me paraphrase verse 30. The donkey said, hey, Balaam, consider this. Haven't I been a good donkey to you? Have I ever since you own me been disposed to acting this way? Well, no. (laughs) Now the real miracle of this whole thing. Jesus now opens the eyes of Balaam. And he sees Jesus. And he sees Jesus with a drawn sword in his hand. And Jesus is blocking his path. Balaam bows down. Falls on his face before God. Now, try to get this picture in your mind. Balaam has just lost the argument to the donkey. Now, Jesus has a question for Balaam. A peculiar question. Why have you struck your donkey three times? For I am the angel of the Lord, and I have come out to stand against you, Balaam. And he says this because Balaam's life, his mission, everything about him is perverse before God. God tells him, Balaam, I am your adversary. I am against you. The donkey saw me, and if she had not turned aside, if she hadn't turned aside from me, Surely I would have already killed you. Wow. That's from the Lord to Balaam. Your donkey has saved your life, Balaam. And again, I want us to get a mental picture of this. Because with it, we have Balaam, whether diviner, whether prophet, but he is totally and completely unteachable. And you have to see this. Jesus is angry with Balaam. And he's standing there and he's got a sword drawn in his hand. And he opposes this disobedient prophet. Now, wouldn't that scare you? It would me. You know, Jesus standing there, you know, with a drawn sword. I, I would think I would want to go along with whatever Jesus said. It would be what I consider an epiphany, a life-changing event for any rational person. But Balaam is a madman. Peter tells us this. Remember Saul. Saul also knows what it's like to confront Jesus. He was on his road to Damascus, knocked onto the the ground by the brightness of Jesus, and he experienced Jesus also as an adversary. Jesus asked Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul says, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. It's hard for you to kick against the goad or the sharp sticks. Saul's response is totally different than Balaam. Though Saul says, Lord, what would you have me to do? So let's look at Balaam's response. It's interesting to say the least. Verse 34. I have sinned. I did not know you, Lord, stood in the way against me. Then Balaam, he totally astonishes me with his conclusion. If it displeases you, Lord, if it displeases you, I've stood in your way holding a sword. Your donkey has won an argument against you. And Balaam says, if it displeases you. The entire character of Balaam comes forth in that conclusion. If it displeases you, Lord. Jesus has stood in Balaam's path. Turned the donkey aside three times. The donkey has told Balaam the error of his way. And Jesus himself has stood there against Balaam. And Balaam says, if it displeases you. The irony here is donkeys and mules, those four-legged creatures that we ride on, are known for stubbornness. You've heard the, the saying, I'm sure, stubborn as a Missouri mule. Well, donkeys are stubborn also. But these animals do not compare to the stubbornness of the prophet Balaam. This entire story just, it's so full of irony that it's ridiculous. God is willing to spare the donkey, and he spares the prophet because of the donkey. Now, I venture to say we would never have read about this story had Je- Jesus simply slain Balaam with a sword. It would just have been history that we'd never heard of. But we see this stubbornness of Balaam as he pursues, what is he going for? The money, the diviner's fee that Balak has offered him. And no small thing like a a talking donkey will deter Balaam. Not even Jesus with a drawn sword in his hand. Jesus is not able to change the mission of this unrighteous prophet. And the stubbornness of Balaam is, is really amazing. There are times in our lives when God wanting to teach us to hate sin will allow us to pay the penalty for sin. No, not hell and fire, but sometimes we have to sow what we've reaped. Jesus allows us at times to taste the ugliness of the results of sin. Sin is definitely pleasurable. It has that fun side to it. And we as forgiven Christians, sometimes we forget how loving and gracious our Lord is. But the consequences of sin will sometimes even surprise us. And we're surprised that we're just not completely uh, uh, free of any of the penalties of sin. And we're, we read of Balaam and we're shocked by him. How could a man call himself a prophet and behave the way Balaam does? How dumb, how stubborn can Balaam be? Well, scripture tells us there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is destruction. Balaam is bent. He is so inclined to sin he's determined to sin and God will allow Balaam to sin. But God will not allow Balaam to curse his people. That was the other half of why Balak was there. Balak wanted Balaam to come and curse the children of Israel God says okay you can go but you cannot curse my people understand that one of God's great acts of mercy to us is repentance not to just be sorrowful for our sins but to repent, to turn away from our sins. If we have any wisdom whatsoever, we will make provisions in our life to avoid sin. If we're careful, if we're wise, we will do what's necessary to cut down that exposure to temptation and for ourselves and for our families. Now as you can see I'm an old man. Not quite that old. I heard that <laughs> But I refuse as an old man to have the TV channels that are called mature to come into my home. I'm not going to let them come in. I do not need those images that they want to put in my head to tempt me. I don't need that. And you don't either, by the way. You really don't. You don't need that temptation. And it's a wise person who will avoid those kind of temptations. Isn't it amazing that those channels you have to pay extra to be tempted? Huh? Where do I sign up for that one? And when the angel of the Lord stands in our path, in our pursuit of unrighteousness, don't be like Balaam. Take heed. Look at it for what it is. Balaam's end is tragic. And it's easy for us to see why. What a stubborn, rebellious fool Balaam was. Later in life, Balaam will align himself with the Midianites. And that happens in chapter 31. We'll get to it. And he will be slain by Israel. Balaam, a man who refused God's standing in his path, refused his donkey's advice refused to be teachable, refused to turn from his folly of sins. Balaam's end, he dies resisting God and his people. And we have one of the most colorful stories in all of scripture. A donkey speaking to a man, but it ends in tragedy because the man will not listen. He will not listen to his donkey that God has opened his mouth, and he will not listen to Jesus, his adversary. And Balaam's end is extremely tragic. If God is leading you to put something aside in life, and... I for sure don't know what that would be. But listen to God if he is, because it's for your own good. Don't be like Balaam. Be teachable before the Lord. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer.